Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Dais, a podcast about the stories taking place in and around El Paso County, Colorado. I'm your host, Scott Anderson, and today I get to be joined by Jeannie Porter, the Director of Development for Cheyenne Village. How are you doing today, Jeannie? I'm doing great, Scott, and thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Uh, before we get started, though, I want to quickly add that if listeners are interested in more stories about people doing good in and around El Paso County or hearing from county leadership about local government priorities and how they operate, you can find additional episodes of this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, but to get into things, Jeannie, I was wondering if you could share some background about yourself and how you came to be associated with Cheyenne Village. Oh, certainly. Um, I am actually a native of Colorado Springs, one of the few, <laughs> and uh, I've been in the nonprofit sector for, gosh, nearly 40 years now. And um, uh, 17 years ago, um, this opportunity at Cheyenne Village uh, became available, and um, through one of the board members at Cheyenne Village, I went and interviewed for the development job and actually got it, and I've, <laughs> I've been with uh, Cheyenne Village 17 years now. Oh, that's incredible. I, I found that once people find, in the nonprofit world at least, once people find that place that like speaks to them, then that, yeah, that's where they are, right? They, yeah. they stick around. So that's, that's really cool. Um, so can you share some background about Cheyenne Village itself and what the main mission of the organization is? So Cheyenne Village started in 1971 uh, by a woman named Peggy Marshall. She was married to the then uh, mayor of Colorado Springs, Andrew Marshall. Uh, Peggy and Andrew had a daughter, Ellen, who uh, was emerging into adulthood and had a developmental disability or an intellectual and developmental disability, which I'll refer to as IDD in the future. Um, And uh, Ellen, really the only options for individuals with IDD in the late 60s, early 70s was to be uh, placed into a state-run, we call it the regional center now, but it was an institution, Mm -hmm. or uh, living at home with family caregivers, uh, or put into a nursing home, uh, or even homeless. Um, there just weren't very many options for individuals with IDD to be part of the community, to live independently, or to really live happy lives. So Peggy did uh, an amazing amount of research really around the world to see if there were programs to help individuals uh, emerging into adulthood to help them feel, fulfill their their dreams, their hopes, and live happy lives. Mm -hmm. So um, Peggy and a group of parents who also had uh, adult children with intellectual and developmental disabilities opened McLaughlin Lodge, which for some of uh, the listeners out there who have been in town a long time might remember McLaughlin Lodge. It's up in Manitou Springs um, off of Crystal Park Road, right across the street from Crystal Park Cantina, which used to be Mission Bell. (laughs) And that was the first uh, kind of campus for Cheyenne Village. And um, we... uh, We brought 12 people up from the Pueblo Regional Center who, uh, with the help of our staff, um, helped teach them skills to actually run the lodge. It was one of those kind of typical Manitou lodges for, you know, church retreats, family retreats, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And so they checked people in, they cleaned rooms, they cooked, they maintained the lawn, um, and they, they learned skills how to how to work and how to how to live independently right 
Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And our mission, um, which holds, which was really hasn't changed, is uh, to support people with intellectual and developmental dis- disabilities to lead happy, healthy, and fulfilling lives. I mean, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> Obviously, you've been there for 17 years, so clearly it's something you support and, and you get behind. Uh, so approximately at this point, uh, how many people do, does Cheyenne Village serve and uh, what communities do you serve? Uh, approximately 400 individuals. Uh, it varies with each program, of course. Um, our pro- and, and we're primarily El Paso County. We do have a, a smattering and teller, but, uh, but it's mainly El Paso County. Um, and our services are, are quite vast. Uh, mainly what we uh, provide is regi- residential services to the individuals we serve, but um, we do a lot more than that. But an example of um, the residential um, supports that we um, help our people with uh, is we have a group home with 24-7 waking staff. And that particular home is for people who really need a high level of support, a high level of care. So that would be called low, lower functioning. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, very high functioning people who have jobs who actually live in their own apartments. And our people will just go in and um, check with them, maybe do some grocery shopping, um, help them uh, help them with their finances, just kind of whatever they need. Mm-hmm. Um, we also provide transportation. Uh, for people to go to doctor's appointments or their jobs or recreational activities. So it's really day-to-day, but it's really helping them place them in the appropriate housing that yeah. where they can live as independently as they possibly can, and that runs the gamut. Uh, very good. And then can you talk about how important it is for the organization to be viewed as a place that people can turn to in their time of need? Um, you know, I, I think... If I'm thinking as a parent myself, I don't have any children that are in the adult range yet, but it's certainly something where I wouldn't know where to go for help. Um, How does it feel to be that place that people can go to when people are looking for that help? Well, it feels wonderful. And um, the, uh, I'm actually going to mention another organization who uh, Cheyenne Village does collaborate with. It's called the Resource Exchange. And for families who do have um, an emerging adult with intellectual and developmental disabilities, uh, they really need to reach out to the Resource Exchange to enroll for um, benefits that they're their uh, loved one could be entitled to, uh, you know, such as the Medicaid waiver um, or um, SSDI, uh, Social uh, social Services Disability Insurance, SSI. You know, there's just a variety of benefits that the resource exchange can help um, maneuver them through, and we can help as well. Um, But we are also on kind of their list of, once they determine what help that individual needs, um, and if they do want to live out on their own, um, we are uh, probably the largest agency providing that type of service. So they would, you know, say, well, Cheyenne Village is an option Mm -hmm. that you can um, look at. And then the families um, are kind of given a list, and they, they interview and go to different places and then decide. Mm -hmm. But they can also call us directly. And we'll certainly guide them through what process they need to go through to um, get the care uh, for their loved one that the loved one needs. We'll, we'll certainly help 
help help them maneuver the system because it's 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 a it's a pretty complicated a complex, one. <laughs> it's complex. complex. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I feel like any system is complex. Yes, <laughs> yes. Not too many that are, Very that are true. too straightforward. So after submitting your grant request to the county, uh, Cheyenne Village was awarded $60,000 of ARPA funding. Uh, can you talk about what that money has gone to fund specifically? Oh, absolutely. I wish it could sound more glamorous, but <laughs> uh, um, the healthcare, well, all industries and particularly the healthcare industry, uh, long-term healthcare and, and uh, um, just care f- for, you know, elderly individuals of which we do, uh, we do care for some elderly individuals as well, um, uh, really got hit hard during COVID. And we had people who were just fearful of uh, being exposed. So we lost a lot of staff. And um, then uh, people just really we just couldn't find replacements and we've never really encountered that before. So uh, we had a a tremendous amount of overtime for the staff who did stay and the ARPA funding went to, uh, you know, pay for those individuals to, to put in the overtime that was needed to care for the individuals uh, we serve because obviously we can't leave them alone. So it, uh, that was, that was where the money went and we, it was a lifeline for us. It really was. And is is that something where you guys have been able to recover a little bit from, yes. from that, and yes. now you don't have to worry about that as much? Yes, it, it's gotten better slowly but surely. It yeah. was still it was it was, you know, obviously really bad in twenty twenty one, well 2020, 2021, and still it, we started to recover in twenty twenty two, and now we're mm-hmm. we're pretty we're we're back to. Uh, back, Full staff. Back to a more comfortable level. Back to it, yeah. yes. Very well put. Very yeah. well put. Well, and, you know, that's uh, – I had the opportunity – this was uh, about a year ago at this point now uh, – to speak with uh, some representatives uh, from UCCS. They talked about their JAWS program. And in part of that, we uh, we also spoke with someone who was, I believe, a program director at a, at a long-term care facility. And, you know, she also talked about how hard hit that sector was – and at that point, a year ago, they were still trying to recover from it, but the ARPA funding, you know, helped kind of bridge uh, the gap for them as well. But, um, you know, just uh, hearing that it, you know, this it was not a problem that was very specific to, like, one organization. This was a widespread problem. And so when something like ARPA funding comes available, uh when it can be used to help sectors of industry like long-term care um, kind of bridge that gap. Uh, it just it just makes it seem that much more valuable to me. So that's really great to hear that it did, it, it did oh. its job and, you know, got you through that difficult time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know what would have – I mean, luckily for Cheyenne Village, we are financially stable, but mm-hmm. we would have had to dip into reserves right. in order to pay – uh, for the overtime and, and ARPA saved us from, from having to do that. Yeah. So we are, we, we were j- literally jumping up and down <laughs> when we realized that we, <laughs> we received the, no, the ARPA funding. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's so good to hear. And I think really great for other people to hear because, you know, I think COVID was difficult for everybody, right? Like regardless of if you were impacted specifically or, um, you know, maybe, you know, just the situation that the country was in because of it, right? Like everyone was impacted in some way. But um, I think it's really nice for people to hear, 
you know, that good things came out of it in a way. Um, because, you know, you go through trials and you go through these difficult times. And if you you make it to the other side, it strengthens you, right? And I'm sure at this point, and, you know, again, I've spoken with a lot of organizations about this, but now there are plans in place. Like, hey, if this happens again, like, this is what we have prepared for it, right? And, you know, heaven forbid it happen again, right? Like, let's, let's not go down that road. But um, if, it, if it does, I think um, a number of organizations uh, all around the region are more prepared if something like that were to happen. So I'm sure, I'm sure much the same can be said for Cheyenne Village. Well, absolutely. As a matter of fact, um, as you mentioned that, um, you know, I'm thinking because we, we used to track overtime, but now we really track overtime mm-hmm. and we budget for overtime um, now, which is not something we really put a huge priority on in the past because we didn't, we had some, of course, everybody has some, right. but we didn't have, have it to the degree that we did during this um, employment crisis. Um, but now we, we track it very carefully and we, we have a, you know, kind of a safety net yeah. for that yeah. very purpose. Oh, that's great. Uh, so earlier you mentioned the resource exchange as a partner that you guys collaborate with. Can you talk about some of the other organizations uh, in the area that you work with to benefit the programs that you guys use? Oh, certainly. Um, well, some of the organizations uh, actually, and in, in our indiv- the individuals we serve just love volunteering. Um, so we have partnered with uh, the Shine Mountain Zoo uh, silver key meals on wheels. So in that particular case, um, an individual we serve will ride along with a driver who's del- delivering meals and our folks will go up to the door and ring the doorbell and deliver the meals to the, to the individuals receiving that's, them. And, that's great. And it's, it's really fun. So those are just a couple of examples. Oh, that, and you know what, that's really cool. I have not yet, now I'm trying to think, I have not yet heard of doing collaboration in that kind of way from another nonprofit organization. Like you're, mm. it's actually great to hear, like you are not collaborating with them to like necessarily bolster your programs, but right. instead use it to bolster theirs. Mm-hmm. And um, that's really great. That's, I like hearing that, it's really <laughs> cool. Uh, so um, is there a personal story you can share that would kind of help uh, demonstrate the work that you guys do there at Cheyenne Village? Absolutely. Kind of. For, first, I'll talk about kind of a general um, commitment, if you will. I I, I'll, I will get to your question, but when Shine Village was founded, um, our, our founder Peggy Marshall, it was very important to her for Shine Village to promise a family, because really, what what is most concerning for parents who have a son or daughter with an intellectual and developmental disability. It's what's going to happen when we're gone or when one of us is gone and the other one isn't able to care for our loved one. What's going to happen? And Cheyenne Village makes the commitment to these parents that we will be here to care for your loved one throughout their adult lifespan. So um, we we actually collaborate with Pikes Peak Hospice uh, so that the individuals we serve – and I would say in most cases, they can pass in place. Mm-hmm. Um, because 
you know, it, it would be even more traumatic for someone with IDD to be transported from their home to a hospital. So hospice has been just amazing yeah. with us to, to help us, you know, when that happens. Yeah. But the, um, so when I talk about the adult lifespan, um, someone may come to us, uh, let's just say, for example, out of the regional center in Pueblo, who just doesn't have a lot of, how to, have a lot of skills because they just haven't been taught a mm-hmm. lot of skills. Sure. Um, so we have a personal plan and so forth. And um, we set goals along with the individual and the families. And um, then this person might start off in a group home where they're, you know, basically monitored and, and supported 24 seven, but then they might grow to be as independent to live in their own apartment and then as they age, when I say across the adult lifespan, as we all are getting older, you know, we have health issues. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like to think about that. But <laughs> no, yeah. I don't either. <laughs> but, you know, age-related uh, health issues and dementia and so forth start to happen. And so we can um, also accommodate that individual to have, again, more care. So it's kind of like a bell curve, if you will. Um, but one uh, example in particular, getting back to your question, sorry to be so wordy, is um, there's a gentleman uh, who we have served since 2015, and he was homeless and um, landed in the El Paso County Jail. And the El Paso County Jail uh, called the resource exchange who called Cheyenne Village and said, can you can you care? Can you take him? Can you, you know, are you able to, to do this? And we said yes. And we, uh, we took this gentleman in and um, helped to train him and, you know, worked with doctors to get his medication levels correct. And because he needed medication and obviously being homeless and in jail, he wasn't, he wasn't on his medication. And Mm -hmm. so we got his medication regulated and he, uh, uh, fast forward to uh, today, he, ha- he has his own apartment. Um, he rides his bike all over town, but he does, he just got his driver's license and he is on our board of directors. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. We always, we always have an individual we serve on our board of directors, but um, this gentleman has just come so far from where he was in 2015. And that's, so that's really one of our, one of our success stories. I could share others, but I won't, <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a one that's near and dear to my heart. Yeah. No, God, that is incredible. Um, thank you for sharing that. That's really, that's really cool. Um, so are there any other programs that Cheyenne Village offers that you feel would be important for listeners to know about? Oh Something yeah. we haven't talked about yet. Uh, absolutely. We have a, um, a group respite program, which is a Saturday program for, um, uh, individuals, uh, who be just still be living at home. Um, they can come to Cheyenne Village uh, every Saturday. It's about a six-hour program. So um, someone will drop them off at Cheyenne Village for every Saturday. So it's respite for the family member, and it's fun and socialization. It's socializing for the individual uh, to be around mm-hmm. peers. And they just do fun stuff you know, arts and crafts, or they go, you know, to the zoo, or they go horseback riding, or maybe they go down to Pueblo and rent a pontoon boat, or, you know, those kinds of things. So it's, it's purely recreational, and it's every Saturday. So, um, you know, people can, can call Cheyenne Village and ask, and ask for more information about that program. Um, 
and then uh, we also well, this is really more for um, for our clients, but we do our our day program is really a community based program where we take the individuals we serve out into the community, like I said, Meals on Wheels, or it may be also health-related. We have group passes to the YMCA. A lot of our folks like to swim, mm-hmm, so sure. they'll you know either do swim classes or just get out there and paddle around. Yeah. And, and um, we also have what's called supported living services, and this is staff assistance for people who are living uh, with a family caregiver or on their own but have no support. Um, we will support in those situations as well. Um, again, it's called supported living services, and we have staff who can go out to homes to help with whatever's needed, um, whether it's you know some kind of education or healthcare or homemaking or you know any you know just kind of whatever's needed. So, for those who may be seeking services, uh, how can they go about obtaining those services from Cheyenne Village? Uh, they could call 719-592-0200. And just when the, the receptionist will answer the phone, and you can just ask her, I'm interested in, in uh, obtaining services from Cheyenne Village, and she will put you in touch with the right person. Very good. Well, that makes it sound pl- <laughs> plenty. <laughs> kind of the old-fashioned way. Yeah, hey. <laughs> or they could certainly go to our website, which okay. is which is www.cheyennevillage.org. And then for people who want to get involved, you said uh, there are some volunteer opportunities yeah. there at Cheyenne Village. Uh, how can they best help, and how do they go about volunteering with you guys? Well, oh, boy, there, there are a variety of ways. Um, most of the volunteers, um, we... we we have a, a smattering of volunteers who work directly with clients, but that's or with the individuals we serve. Um, but the real need is for an individual who might be wanting to volunteer. Um, we have a volunteer board of directors, so they could certainly you know inquire about being on our board of directors. We have several committees. We have a personnel committee, a fund development committee, um, an executive committee. Um, we have, uh, different volunteer opportunities for, we do, we do two parties a year for, um, the individuals we serve, their families, our staff and, um, donors, uh, uh, one is a summer barbecue, uh, that we do at Bear Creek Park, uh, usually in June. And, uh, we, you know, always need people just to kind of help you know, maybe serve food yeah. or <laughs> serve lemonade and um, that kind of thing. And then we do a holiday party uh, each December. Uh, same thing for the individuals we serve, their families, staff. And uh, again, just kind of need volunteers to come help. And, and that's a really fun one uh, because we have a DJ and a photo booth. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. So the volunteers, uh, and I, I do have to to plug uh, Color Springs Utilities because they have sent volunteers for years out for these events uh, twice a year, and they've just been wonderful. But uh, at the holiday party, people can go out and dance with our clients because the, <laughs> the clients or individuals we serve, I know I use the the word both uh, both ways, but they absolutely love music, love to dance. That's so awesome. it's really fun. They'll oh. do a conga line and they'll do the <laughs> YMCA and you know all that. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that's great. Uh, so we've uh, been able to cover a lot of ground here today, but I was just wondering if there's anything else you want to add before we close. Uh, I just really want to thank our community 
uh, you know, honestly, this is this is even today a hidden population, and we have had um, such support in with our volunteers and our donor base. And um, I just I am so grateful because we have such a loyal base of support uh, that come back year after year. Um, that and they just have faith in us, and and we we just the you know, the government funding um, that provides, you know, the basic services for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities as a nonprofit, you know, it just doesn't, it's just not enough funding to provide the services that um, we like to provide, um, which are over and above what what the state, what Medicaid provides. Um, so we are just so grateful that we can fill the gap. Um, through donations uh, to provide the services that we do provide. So thank you, Colorado Springs. (laughs) That's great. Uh, Well, thank you, Jeannie. I appreciate you taking the time today and uh, for all the work that you do there at Cheyenne Village. So thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Uh, If you are interested in listening to additional episodes of Beyond the Dais, be sure to look for us on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.